1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'd say is to your point is, is knowing who your audience is. And in terms of like, if you're listening to this right now and you have no clue who your audience is, a method that works for a lot of people. And this is really just naturally how I got started with my content creation is I was speaking to myself three years ago. I was speaking to my younger self of like, hey, I've been through this and here's what I've learned from it. Um, and I think that's something everyone has the ability to provide value through because you've been through things that other people are going through right now. you being on the other side of that, you have so much value to share. Um, so that's, I think, one way to gain that confidence, to just be more and you know good at social media. Understand who your audience is. And if you don't know who that is, speak to yourself because there are other people going through the same thing that you went through or who are just similar to you and are going to connect with that message.
0: How you day? How you day? That was the voice of Mayan Gordon. And if we're talking about unconventional paths to entrepreneurship, this is one to listen to her journey to figuring out what she wanted to do was unique. And she is a glass blower. Have you ever heard of a glass blower? I know I certainly hadn't up until uh, I came across her amazing platform, but Glassblowing is only one of the things she does. She helps many people discover how to tell their stories, and she is such a fighter. She's such a fighter. It was her fighting spirit that I resonated with the most, and I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode. So check it out. Check the show notes, as always, for extensions and opportunities to connect with a guest. And before we get the episode, please, I'm going to keep reminding you all, leave reviews thank you so much. That's how we get seen. That's how we get promoted. And that's how I get to do this every week with you. (laughs) Enjoy the episode and let me know your thoughts. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Mayan Gordon. And she's a glassblower, four-time business owner, TikTok and LinkedIn consultant, influencer, speaker, and dog mom of four. She's hugely passionate and confident that she has a unique. Value and insights offer in a world where people are seeking value and insights. We're going to dive into her life, her story, how she's just getting started in a career, even though many people might think she's already well ahead of pace. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here today.
0: Pleasure is mine. Before we, before I hit record, I was talking to you about the wide range and fascinating. Uh, <laughs> uh, vantage point that I see from, you know, your career. You said you're just getting started. You, it seems like it took you 10 years or so, but you're just getting started. What, what, what were those 10, li- 10 years like? You know, what were you doing in those 10 years? And how were you building the blocks, as Will Smith likes to say, for your wall?
1: Yeah, I would say those 10 years were really punctuated by um, a massive amount of work, like workaholism um and i would say also self discovery so i knew that there were a lot of things i didn't know but i also knew if i put in the right amount of effort and work that like something good was going to happen from that even if i was lacking knowledge or experience in certain areas so it was you know 7 days a week 365 a year working um up until last year for me where i've really been able to have a lot of mind shifts um mindset shifts and then also just connecting with more people has allowed me to branch out from that really kind of cocoon um, place in which I was existing. So I would say, even though I was connected to so many different people through social media, it was still very isolated feeling in terms of like what I was building, what I was trying to accomplish. Um, And then also, you know, lots of failures, lots of learning experiences along the way um, that have helped me now where I have a much better developed network. I have a better developed sense of self and confidence, like you were saying, that I can really take advantage of some of these opportunities because of mistakes made in the past and, and know not to make again.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm listening to you and I, I'm reflecting on my career and I'm thinking about moments where I had to learn how to shift my mindset. And the mindset I shifted from was that scarcity mindset to abundance. I believe for me, as I was building my career, I used to think, if I don't do this, then I wouldn't get that. And it's this either or type of mindset, as opposed to just understanding that, no, I, I am in the process of becoming who I am supposed to be. I just need to trust the process and continue to understand that even if I get a rejection here, it's it's, it's not no, it's more of a not yet or not now. But th- th- that was after several failures that I had to come to there. So, But I had to come to, you know, I had to come to Jesus moment as well. It was a near-death experience for me. I'm curious for you, though, if you had that moment in your life where you, you just it was make a break for you. You realize, OK, what am I doing? You know, uh, what am I doing? My This is this is this isn't what are you doing? You, you got to take that leap and and, and get off the bars and just trust that even if you get a few scars, as you fall down. Those are just what you need as lessons as opposed to, quote unquote, failure to hold you that holds you back.
1: Yeah, I've, I've had a, a couple of those moments and now- Since you asked me the question, now I'm like reflecting um, in my mind, it's always come when I thought I'd made it or when I thought everything was always going to be okay. Um, And so the first one for me was I was in a gas explosion in my house and um, the the gas explosion itself was very unexpected, was really like a, a trauma that I had to deal with. But the main thing that came out of that, that like really pushed me into a new mindset and into being, becoming a new person was me realizing that I wasn't happy in the way I wanted to be happy, even though I was comfortable before the gas explosion. And so being thrown into a state of like constant discomfort, both physically and emotionally after that explosion, like my brain started doing a lot more reflecting in a way when I was just comfortable as a copywriter getting to work from my house every day and to go out to teriyaki and get chicken teriyaki whenever I wanted. Like as a 19, 20 year old, that was the life I thought I'd made it. I could do that forever. Life was going to be great. Um, and Sorry. then when this trauma happened, I was like, Oh, I should probably start thinking more about like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Um, so that was the first one. And then the second one came after this was probably or seven years after that gas explosion, um, I'd successfully started up three previous businesses where I'd pivoted from one business to the next. So I didn't have three simultaneous businesses, Um, but had gone through successfully creating three businesses and with our glass blowing business, which was the third one, it was doing much better financially than I had ever really expected it to do. And so again, got to this place of like, everything's awesome. Life's going to be great. I'm on top of everything. I don't need to push myself out of my comfort zone or learn new things. I've got it figured out. Um, and then the, the channels that we were using to drive sales shifted and changed. The market became more saturated. Like there was way more competition and our revenue started to drop because of that. Um, and during this period where our revenue was dropping, we also then had to start taking out like some debt in, in terms of lines of credit, using our credit cards and kind of tapping those out because I wasn't um, emotionally able to fire this person that we like really needed to fire. (laughs) Um, And me and my husband weren't paying ourselves in this company. We were working like 16 hour days um, to pay this other employee's paycheck. And again, because of the discomfort got to a lot of thinking and reflecting. And again, asked myself, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, And I started thinking about it in a much longer timeframe than I'd ever really thought about it before, you know, I think when the gas explosion happened, it was like, what am I doing for the next year of my life or two years or three years maximum? I'd never really thought out past that because it was much more of a survival kind of mindset. Um, But then when I got to this place of first abundance with the glass blowing business, and then immediately back down into kind of like scarcity and discomfort, um, I was like, well, what am I doing with like my whole life? What, what, who am I? Like, what do I want to be about it's probably, you know, I was getting older too. So I was like, it's probably time to decide some things about who I want to be. Otherwise I'll become someone I don't want to be. Um, and so that's where I just really, that was my biggest mindset shift around. I just want to create value and empower other people. Like on any day where someone sends me a message through Instagram and says, Hey, that video inspired me to do something. And I've already taken action and I'm feeling those results and seeing those results. Nothing else bad could happen that day to make me feel bad. Like I would feel good all day. And so when I realized that, I was like, that's what I need to focus on because then the money doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I I may or may not be able to control my financial situation, but I know I can control every single day Am I empowering people. Um, And so once I shifted that, not only did I feel a lot happier and less stressed about the finances of my business, um, and I was able to make much easier, clear cut decisions about how to get out of that bad financial situation. Uh, but then also I started attracting all these other people into my life who were had that same focus of like, we also care about empowering people and helping them succeed. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, I've been able to just form, you know, amazing teams, um, relationships, networks, and uh, my financial situation is is really good right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and she's been awarded and recognized in the best in class, you know, hashtag Gary V challenge with honorable mention, named as one of 2020's digital business women's tech leaders and one of the top 25 video marketing disruptors globally. To that effect, her TikTok, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a TikTok user. Uh, I, I don't have quite the followership you have, but uh, but uh, I, I want you all to check it out. It's over 2 million followers. And there was something Interesting to me as I, I was taking in your content. It's your ability to communicate and your ability to communicate ideas to inspire while creating and doing what you love. You you, you create beautiful. Uh, How do you say glass objects or, 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 or what yeah, you?
1: glass art.
0: Glass oh. art. That's yeah, I wanted to make sure I was right. So you, pre- you create beautiful glass art, but then you know you also just you're very real and authentic with. Where you are at that point, whenever you're creating or, or how, you know, the, the process is. And even though you're, you're real and authentic, you, you, you know, you're not shy and showing, you know, aspects of, of yourself. And my question to you is two-pronged. First of all, how does one get really good at creating glass art? <laughs> and the second question is, uh, what are tips that you can have for people who have a passion for storytelling? and using video to connect to customers?
1: Oh, great questions. I especially like that second question. I'll tackle the, the glass blowing question first. And that's where like really being a workaholic uh, served me very well is how did I get good at blowing glass? I practiced every single day of the week for three years straight, 12 plus hours every day. Um, and that was something that I was able to do. One, cause I, it was much more enjoyable than any other form of work. That I could really think of at the time, or that I'd yet discovered. Um, but also, it was something where I got to listen to podcasts while I was doing it, so I could, you know, essentially have two awesome things happening for at the same time. I was making art and making money, but at the same time, learning things um, and kind of shifting my mindset through just exposing it to, to other ideas in the direction that I wanted to to become more like that person. Um, so that's you know, that's how you learn glassblowing. Is you have to tons and tons of practice. I'd equate it to learning an instrument, um, like a musical instrument, but I would say typically it takes l- a little bit longer. So like an instrument if practice every day for 12 hours a day, you could probably play some really decent stuff like after month one, depending on how complicated the instrument. Uh, with glass blowing, there really is like a muscle memory learning with, In um, the type of glasswork that I do is borosilicate. So I do everything on a tabletop uh, torch and I'm spinning things in my hands. Versus soft glass, which is actually a lot of the content on my TikTok, where it's a, a giant hot, sh- hot shop and they've got like multiple people in these really big tools and they stick it in the furnace and kind of pull out a big blob of glass. Um, so there's there's differences in, you know, glassblowing in, in that capacity. Um, and I think I probably chose the more difficult of the two because you do, you have to spin the rods in your hands and with your fingers. Um, And it just requires a different level of hand-eye coordination, of like sense of touch. And then there's learning like really minute things, like how do you get your pieces not to crack? Um, The first entire year of me blowing glass, 50% of everything I would make broke. So you have to be really, uh, you have to have a lot of grit and perseverance because I mean, it's emotionally kind of sucks when you've been working on something for one or two hours you finished it it looks great and then as it's cooling down it's like crack 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 and it's it's garbage now um so having to to get through that uh necessity for any glass art
0: no well no i I love it oh and then your
1: second question yeah so your second question was could you repeat it for me
0: yes the second question is what tips do you have for people who have a passion for storytelling and using video to connect to customers
1: Oh, that's so great. Yes, because I definitely have a spash, uh, passion more for just stories in general. Like, I probably like to read and listen to stories more than I like to tell stories, but I think they're inherently connected. Like, when you like stories, you like listening and, and telling them. Um, what's helped me is just tons of practice. I think, especially most people when they first start doing video, it's uncomfortable. Like, you're you're kind of looking at yourself, you're hearing yourself, you're performing in a way that you don't normally perform. In your life like when you're around your friends you're not typically in performance mode Um, so just lots of practice and a great way to start is by just shooting videos you're not going to post like literally the practice of taking the video and doing the video is much more important than posting the video so if you're in a position where like you really are nervous to do video i would encourage you just to practice with yourself by yourself until you feel a little bit more comfortable and are, are brave enough to start posting some of those videos. Because um, practice makes perfect in content creation, in speaking, in artistry, like almost everything is gonna be driven by, by how much you practice. Um, and then in terms of storytelling, just how do you get better at storytelling? One, I think reading, like reading is a great way to get better because you start to, your brain starts to pick up different story structures, start to be able to identify different elements of a story more easily. Um, But the other would be, I think, looking at and consuming other types of storytelling uh, video content. So, you know, finding other channels, whether they're on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, that share only story content, you know, one minute short stories or, um, you know, two or three minute short stories. But being able to condense a story down into its most key elements helps you to start to really understand what are the parts of a story that are most important and impactful?
0: Love that. Love that. Yeah. No, I I, I teach uh, communications at, uh, Felicia University, and it's something I do with my business. I'm a, you know I run a, consultant firm that focuses on teaching, clients from start fast growing startups to multinationals how to connect effectively across cultures. You know that's what, belonging, accessibility, diversity, inclusion, and equity, is. And, and a lot of that has to do with how they communicate ideas, how to communicate concepts, but how they make people feel seen, heard, and understood for who they really are. And then the multiple steps that I, I take them through, but those elements still remain true, you know, really understanding your audience, understanding who you are and learn learn how to show up, right? And and communicating takes different forms. It's not just video, right? It's written, it's, yep. you know, every other form. So I completely agree. I, I completely agree. I, I've seen students you know, go from timid to coming into their own once they figured out their themselves or they learned how to perform themselves, which is uh, one of the, uh, the things that one of our past guests has said here, uh, podcast listeners will know. Uh, <laughs> but um, one, one other thing that I, I do want to ask you about, because you're so good at this, is is social media, which is, it's you know, videos, a cousin of that or was a proponent of that. But you're so good at social media. Social media has helped you grow your business. I mean, we're talking over 2 million followers on TikTok alone, and you have a sizable amount on LinkedIn as well. How does one get that? You know, how does one grow in social media, especially in a time where people feel like the market is saturated?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'd say is to your point is, is knowing who your audience is. And In terms of like, if you're listening to this right now and you have no clue who your audience is, a method that works for a lot of people, and this is really just naturally how I got started with my content creation is I was speaking to myself three years ago. I was speaking to my younger self of like, hey, I've been through this and here's what I've learned from it. Um, And I think that's something everyone has the ability to provide value through because you've been through things that other people are going through right now. You being on the other side of that, you have so much value to share. Um, so that's, I think, one way to gain that confidence, to just be more and you know, good at social media. Understand who your audience is. And if you don't know who that is, speak to yourself because there are other people going through the same thing that you went through or who are just similar to you and are gonna connect with that messaging. Um, the other thing though is consistency. like. Again, posting every single day makes a big difference than if you're posting every other day. It's literally twice as much content. Um, So that consistency is really, really a big deal. And almost everyone I know or who comes to me who is not doing very well by their standards, not mine, on social media, um, it's because they're not posting. Like, that's number one. I'm like, oh, yeah, you posted two times a week. Like that's not going to work on these platforms anymore. Like maybe at one point when they were less saturated, that was good enough. But now there's just so much new content being posted every single day. Um, And so then the other thing is what's, you know, grabbing people's attention? What makes you stand out? And those a lot of times can be the same. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: And I was able to, I love this phrase um, that I learned from a a new friend on Clubhouse. I turned my mess into my message. And this is something Uh, anyone can do. uh, Where I wasn't fortunate to have been in a gas explosion, but by some accounts I kind of was because that's a great thing to grab people's attention and then make them listen to whatever else that I want to say. Um, so always understanding what are your attention grabbers that you can get people to at least stop for three seconds to give it your post or your content, whatever it is, the time and the chance for it to be consumed is a, is a really big deal because we get into scroll mode on every single platform that we're on. Um, and so what is it that's going to make people stop, watch or read? Um, and then what are they getting out of it? what are they leaving the post feeling? Are they feeling empowered? Are they feeling included? Um, Really tapping into our basic needs for connection, right? That's literally why every single one of us is on social media is to connect with other human beings. And especially in this COVID world where like, I can't go to a networking event. I can't go out to the bar. Like everything's closed here in Spokane. Um, So I just got to do what's available through digital space to be able to connect with other people And really focusing on that instead of numbers and not being driven by, oh, that post did really well in number of views. And instead being like, oh, wow, this post got so many comments. So many people are speaking into this discussion or into this conversation um, and focusing on creating more content that creates conversation instead of content that's gonna go viral. And sometimes they're one in the same. Um, Like, you know, if a post is gonna get a ton of comments it's also much more likely to go viral. But I'm not focused on like hacks or tricks or what are other people doing that's making their post go viral. I'm looking at what are other people doing that makes their content relatable, engaging. Why are people engaging with this piece of content over all these other pieces of content and then applying that to to what I'm doing?
0: I love that. That's great. You know, speaking to your younger self or version of yourself, being consistent, and then you said not don't focus on numbers. Although that is hard for for a lot of people because when you think about algorithms, especially on TikTok, TikTok is is one that I, I've seen people complain to the algorithm God, gods in multiple moments. Even big time uh, followers would say, you know, things like I've been shadow banned. I i and I've, you know I'm I don't know if you've ever been shadow banned, but I've, i I know what that's been <laughs> like because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the content I, I discuss tend to be. Uh, on the controversial side, sometimes because uh, you know I, I'm talking about systems of oppression sometimes, and so I do notice it. <laughs> uh, you know, occasionally if, if I if I'm you know calling out uh, some sort of discrimination or something like that, and, then, and I've seen other people do that. But one thing that I will say is consistently showing up anyway, regardless, or you know, yeah. or having the conversation, say, hey, you know, uh, have have alerts for when my content comes up, or Save it on on Instagram or that. And that, you know, being that level of vulnerable, though. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses. It's a mix of resources, things you can download, and all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends. Use it with your family. Use it with yourself. Okay. The link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective. And it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. You know, you do put a lot of work into something and then maybe if something does really well and you know, it's really good and it's really important and you feel like it's being limited, it's frustrating. Um, but learning how to to build and engage with the audience in such a way where they know that there are other ways to, to interact with you and say, hey, well, just follow me on my website. I'll send you that on my on my newsletter or check out, check me out here or check out the book, or all that. Those are key ways, at least that I found uh, to maneuver algorithms that might not, you know, favor you sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I really agree with that. I think, you know, it's not a smart decision to let one, especially one platform, let alone, you know, multiple platforms control your destiny, so to speak. And Also, like we all have to kind of be okay with like, we're using their platform that they built. We're in their house. We gotta abide by their rules, even if we don't like the rules and even if they're not fair, it's their platform they built it. If we want a different platform, we gotta go build our own platform. So I think it's a little bit, um, you know, misfocused when people are putting their energy into complaining about them being in someone else's house and not liking their rules one, you can just leave and go somewhere else and then not have to abide by those rules. Or you can go, you know what, this house is actually great because there's an awesome meal here. Like whatever the things that drew you into that that platform, like that's benefiting you. So focus on the part where you are getting value versus on, on the part that's making you really frustrated. Um, but then also going back to like glass blowing I think I am naturally more insulated from caring um, about if things don't perform well or anything like that because i spent years where i really cared about things and they broke all the time <laughs> so, uh,
0: so now yeah. if a
1: video doesn't perform well i still have the video it's not like a broken piece of art um, necessarily. necessarily like you said maybe it maybe instagram didn't want to show that video to a bunch of people but like cool i'll post it on linkedin i'll post it on TikTok. i'll post it wherever else i want to i'll send it to my email list um and hopefully on one of those platforms it gets out to the right audience that i'm looking to get it to
0: You can rent on social media, but make sure you're also building your own house. And, you know, speaking as someone who went from uh, homeless to a homeowner, I'm sure you understand that building your own virtual digital homes is very, very, very important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like a a solid base from which no no one else can take from. Kind of like when you're in your house, you feel safe and secure when you've got your own owned Whatever that, whether it's your website, an email list, a group that you formed, like that's yours, and you get to feel safe within having created that. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Your digital home is gordonmedia.com Now, not everybody might be able to have their full names on there, but I, I always encourage people to at least play with, you know, include their middle name and maybe do do what you did, for example, if. If you can't have my own garden, which I'm sure probably was taken, you can add media or yep. well, you can add something, right? So just, you know, find a way to include that, but then add something that's an element to, to what you're doing. And it allows you to show up top of mind when people search you. So if someone searches Tyrox, for example, you know, I think I'm the only one <laughs> that has that name, but usually is my website and LinkedIn, they'll show up. And so having those sites that you can dictate the narrative is key.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point about like, what do people see when they Google search you? It's not something we talk a lot about anymore, but Google's still one of the most powerful traffic drivers out of anything. And so you want to make sure when people Google search you that the right stuff that you want them to see is popping up. Yes. Um, and yeah, websites that have your name index very well. So everyone listening go search on GoDaddy or whatever other platform right now and see if your name's available because if it is, you got to grab that before someone
0: else does. 100%. And in addition to being a digital storyteller and building platforms and you know we're talking to Mayan here who has built you know four businesses that have all reached six figures in sales in the first year, you really have to understand yourself and, and, and how you show up. But when you understand yourself, if you don't tell that story yourself to others, and, and people won't be able to find you. You're right. Yeah. There is a word of mouth and there's referrals referral and so people can build businesses that way. But now that we're, most of us are all you know, locked in, people are searching for several problems uh, that they need solutions for. And if you haven't positioned yourself as a problem solver to said problem, imagine the opportunities you're missing out on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that again, goes back to who's your audience? Who are you trying to bring value to? Yeah. And really having clear messaging that speaks to their problems yeah. and the things that they're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All
0: right. So which social media platform are you most excited about now?
1: Oh man, that is such a hard question because <laughs> they all have different like opportunities inherent within them. Um, so I'll, I'm going to say a couple and a short reason for each one. So oh,
0: okay. if okay.
1: I had to pick probably, probably Clubhouse just because of new audience that I have ability to really build brand through my voice. And I've, you know, I wasn't just so everyone knows, I used to be so scared of talking to strangers that in our first business where we relied heavily on cold calling um, other shops and businesses for wholesale to get orders. We would leave a lot of messages with like managers or answering machines. And then I'd get calls back on my cell phone because we had like one cell phone between me and my husband that we were sharing. Um, And the phone would ring and I'm a better salesperson than he is. And this has just always been the case. I think also women sometimes have a natural better ability to sell certain things. Um, But the phone would ring and I'd see it and I'd know it was potential money would really, really help us a potential sale. And I'd in my head go, you can do this, Mayan, you can answer this phone, got this, it's gonna be okay. And by, it was, by the time it came down to the last couple of rings, I would chicken out and go, Ben, who's my husband, can you please answer this phone call? Um, so I wasn't always someone who could speak to strangers or speak up period at all. Like I hadn't found my voice um, early on in my career, but through lots and lots and lots of practice, which included 10 years of me going to trade shows which really forced me to get better at speaking to strangers because it's all strangers and you have to like, you're there to talk to them. Um, That I've been able to develop this voice, which I know now is something that not only provides value to other people, but really provides value to me and what I'm trying to accomplish. And Clubhouse is this amazingly powerful platform for voice. There is no video, there's no written content. All you have is your voice and and your bio. Um, And so that's something I'm really excited about. I would say also though, like I'm really excited about Instagram still, even though Insta- I've been on Instagram for like nine, 10 years now, um, because I have new opportunities to grow on that platform like never before by collaborating and working with other people and leveraging their audiences. Um, and before I never really had something to, to offer of value to those people who had huge Instagram followings. And now because of TikTok, and so see, they're all intertwined very much. Because I have the large following on TikTok, I can provide value to them in exchange for them to provide value to me because we're big on different platforms. And so that's something I'm really excited to tap into, um, to see the power of that and, you know, hopefully go, wow, I just grew more on Instagram this year than all my previous 10 years. And here's why. And just knowing how powerful of a strategy that that might be, not only for me, but then for all of the other people that I get to talk to um, and share with and, and help empower.
0: Well yeah I'll have to I'll have to check out your page on Clubhouse because I'm I'm on Clubhouse as well and I'm discovering it as many people are <laughs> and yeah no uh I'll, I'll have to I'll have to join some of those rooms Here's there. here's
1: some quick Clubhouse advice that I've got this is what's really helped me uh, so far not only in terms of like growing on the platform but also just in terms of me feeling like I'm getting value for the time I'm putting into it which if you haven't joined Clubhouse yet you'll find out it sucks you in and like Th- they're these like eight hour long conversations that you, you have to pull yourself away from um, <laughs> to save your sanity and time sometimes. But what, what's really helped me is I found kind of like a core group that like, we're all riding and dying together in terms of this club thing. And we've got a, a message group on Instagram that we all chat behind the scenes while we're doing like the clubhouse live room. Um, and we're just all there to support each other. We all have like bought in essentially to the the value that we believe TikTok is going to have over our lives and the opportunity that we all have to you know grab digital real estate on on this platform to you know make a name for ourselves to take whatever we've previously done and amplify it to a greater degree um and so that's not only super helpful because I have a group of people who are going through the same they're on the same path as me we're all going through this this hike or this journey together but it's also so much more fun like a hike is a really good analogy. Hiking can be really kind of miserable and painful, but also the most fun thing you've ever done in your life. And that's kind of how I feel about Clubhouse is like, it's, it requires a lot. It's taking a lot of my time, a lot of my energy and effort, but it's so much fun because I get to do new friends, Um, I believe that the the view from the top of this mountain that we're hiking up is going to be incredible and getting to reach it all together and really just support each other and when someone's struggling help them up along the path like for me that is what life is about is about going on an epic journey, having friends and people along with you for that journey and then getting to enjoy those vistas and those viewpoints together.
0: Well, that's well said. And that, that's a, a good transition to the close of the, the interview, because I want to give you an opportunity to tell people how they can work with you, where they can find you and what you're up to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So right now I'm super focused on my coaching business. So you can reach out to me through my, my website, myonboardingmedia.com. LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. Um, on LinkedIn, it's just my name, first name, last name. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's my onboard in media. And those are all fantastic places. I respond um, usually within 24 hours, unless it's, sometimes a clubhouse room will make your DMs go crazy. And then I have to, have to catch up. <laughs> um, but the way that I work with people is through consultations, just one-on-one consultations. I also have a coaching group that's completely for free. So if you're someone you can't afford coaching, you're just starting out. I have resources for you, including the coaching group, but also a bunch of like pdfs i've put together with different tips different helpful advice um so those are the best ways to reach out to me and reach out to me for anything whether you're just going through a hard time in life like i i get a lot of messages through my my instagram more specifically than other platforms of people going hey i see you sharing about how you were homeless and now i see you doing great i'm actually homeless right now and i'm i'm hopeless and i don't know what to do um, and so if you feel like you're hopeless in a situation that you're struggling through, like I really do encourage you to reach out to me. And the reason I'm so passionate about that is because I didn't feel like, I, I might've had, but I didn't feel like I had anyone when I was going through my struggles, not even my parents. Like there were some times when me and my husband were homeless um, living at, we were living out of an art, so we weren't like street homeless, which is, there is a big difference in that. Um, but we didn't have any money And there were days where it'd been more than 24, 36 hours since we'd eaten, like to the point where your stomach hurts kind of all the time. And I I called my parents, you know, I would never call my parents and ask them for money because I know the answer is no, but got so desperate to a point where I was like, F it. I, I'm going to call them because even if there's the most minute chance, they're going to send me $10, like that, that's going to be so impactful to me right now. I am so hungry and my stomach hurts and would call them and they said, no. I hope you can imagine how like despairing that is. Um, And so literally what we did in that circumstance is we went to a park, we were staying in Walla Walla, Washington. Luckily there's a bunch of parks and some of them have little ponds where they stock fish. So we had a fishing pole, we went over to this pond, we caught this like scrawny little fish and we cooked it on a fire. Um, So coming from a situation like that, like all I wanna do is make the world a less difficult place for us to live in emotionally. Um, Whether you're going through something that's, purely physical or purely emotional, like I am here for you guys and just reach out to me in any way that I can help you. I absolutely will.
0: Make sure to put that in the show notes for sure. Uh, Last question I have is my mission statement reframed as a question. My mission statement is uh, use your difference to make a difference. So my on, how do you use your difference to make a difference?
1: Yeah. So one of like my difference, if I had to qualify it in a short phrase is that I have both a incredibly artistic and creative mind, but also at the same time, a very scientific mind. Both of my parents are PhD scientists and I grew up after school going to my mom's uh, science, science lab and helping her pipette solutions into test tubes. Um, so I love science. I also love art and creativity and I use that to help people on both sides. So I help people who feel like they're not creative by sharing creativity in a logical format here's why this creative thing works, psychologically, emotionally, and helping people understand the real logic behind creativity. And then also from the, the creative side, helping people understand, look, you've got so much creative talent, you need to harness it by being a little bit more scientific in your approach. Um, and so that's how I'm, I'm trying to impact the world with that, that uniqueness.
0: It's brilliant. And, and I feel like, you know, we might have to have you on for another episode because I know there's a lot to unpack there with your, your parents and and, um, everything you said because you just you gave us a a brief snippet there but I know part of that is part of what made you who you are today but
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely like our parents you know set us up for success or failure something in between so uh, there's definitely a lot there I'm happy to come back on absolutely
0: well I, I appreciate it thank you so much though for for all your actionable tips thank you for everything you're doing uh, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. And remember, you know, audience, that she's right here for you. So make sure you check her out. Uh, but, you know, till next time, kings, queens, and royalty, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxen.com.